Okay, we have another episode. We have Trevino Brings Plenty. Can you please introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Trevino Brings Plenty. I'm Minikoji Lakota. I am um, predominantly a poet, but also do multimedia um, projects, visual, audio. Um, I studied my undergrad as a musician. Uh, studying uh, composite music composition, then moving over to jazz guitar, and then for my master's program, um, I went to Institute of American Indian Arts and um, studied poetry there. And so now I'm I have that accreditation or the the, the you know meritocracy sense of being for uh, what I do. Uh, but it, it it all of it you know I try to synthesize it all together in ways that you know I find interesting and you know one of the current projects on top of the other manuscripts I'm working on. Um, the current live project is looking at uh, social media, my, what I'm calling social media or social media critical s- studies, just looking at phenomena that's happening on social media and specifically looking at native issues and how they you know, bubble up. And especially as we start to think about, um, you know, post standing rock, another, you know, national push on looking at native issues and, um, people engaging with that, you know, and how that's being played out in social media to some extent, um, as opposed to what's happening on the ground or in communities. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the first time I uh, thank you for that, by the way, the first time I um, heard your or saw your work was when Jacqueline Keeler um, talked about uh, she she was uh, reading your work on her pretendism episode on the pollination, right? And I was like, this yep. is really good. <laughs> this is really good stuff. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then like, you know, and then after I started following you and then we started like chatting and then I think it was like changing memes and stuff like that, you know? Um, but then like yep. um, recently, it was really kind of odd. Um, I saw your name on a list, right? Like for two people to block you. And I found that weird. And, you know, this might seem like a really petty conversation at first, but there's there's like we're going to go deeper into, you know, like your analysis. You have your, your poetry or your, you know, your um, your work does analyze people's behavior on social media. Right. And I think this is a really important conversation when it comes to like, um, you know, yeah, native issues and like even like uh, uh, how it affects academia right on academia on social media you know like can we even have these conversations on social media and even you know like what's the effect on cancel culture on people's you know and you know all these different topics so we're going to talk about all these different things so can you um talk about this list what does it mean why are you on the list yeah well i mean uh the the yeah, so the, the the development of uh, relationships um, um, on social media, you know, that's a really good outline. You know, heard something, follow this person, follow them, and then begin engagement with um, messaging each other, and you know, common, especially with commonality, whatever it is, and or you know, or, as of late, we've been looking at. Uh, the pretend Indian issue, and I, I say pretend Indian in my my writing because I, I think I like pretendian. It's too cute and clever, so I, I just give it pretend Indian. Um, but there, 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 you know, there's some cultural um, 
exchanges that can happen with Pretendian that becomes its own, like a uh, branding, I would say. And, you know, those exchanges happened within that. So, yeah, you, you, you sent me, uh, the, uh, uh, you're telling me I was on this list, you know, my response to like, what, uh, which list? I assume I'm on many other lists that I don't even know about and, or uh, at least some kind of whisper network, especially, you know, what I've noticed in writing these, this is, is the, um, you know, people talk about their identity in this way. And then when it comes to these issues of folks um, having an Indian claim, whatever that may look like on their, their side and their knowledge of it, uh, indirectly or directly with that relationship um, that, that, you know, triggers a lot of folks, you know, the, the sense of if we want to say like imposter syndrome happens with their native claim or, you know, to what, to what degree they have that relationship with their Indian claim is really interesting in itself. So, you know, I, you know, the, acknowledging this isn't the first time I heard this or looked at it or um, I haven't done a really deep dive as of right now. Um, but uh, uh, the echo is kind of weird. Are you? Are you? Is your mic pausing or muted on the side? Yeah, I'm. I'm good. Are you good? Okay. All right. Yeah, no echo there. Uh, yeah. So um, <clears throat> I, I think I started this project at the Pretendian. You know, the first half of it was published in Transmotion Journal, which is an open source online journal uh, under the title of the Pretend Indian Exegesis. So it's my meditations on these different ideas of how people um, look at the, uh, the Pretend Indian issue. You know, the, the subtitle is the Pretend Indian Uncanny Valley Hypothesis in Literature and Beyond. And so, you know, that's, uh, you know, Transmotion is an academic journal, so you have to throw in the academic language to make it sound uh, 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 whatever the, the writing style is. Yeah, the, so looking at that right now, you know, the, as a meditation and looking at the, 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 the pretend Indian itself and that definition of um, someone who has no claim to Indian connectiveness, whatever that is, uh, pretends they are Indian and takes on the whole persona. Um, I mean, we can see other examples within other communities um, as of late of folks claiming uh, margin, marginalized identity you know, within the U.S. colonial project, that marginalized identity, and then from there inserting himself into community and then operating within the community. So it, it becomes really interesting. And this intersects with their, like, um, in community work with nonprofits or their own business or going to academia or um, touching different points of uh, engagement and um, or, or however they put their products out there. And so my, so taking some of those ideas of uh, the, I guess it would be like, um, you know, the, so, so the vague family history is one of them. Uh, what does the descendancy mean? Because there's the um, direct or indirect connection to that. And the there's also legal ramifications of what descendancy is. And then folks who are enrolled in um, fairly recognized tribes and, you know, the complications of what it may mean to be enrolled or be part of a state recognized tribe. You know, there's some 
political conflicts that happen within that. So it becomes this uh, many layered um, approach to how folks are claiming Indian. And, you know, I remember there's a little um, diagram that's showing the different stages of the, the settler themselves and the, the last stage is self-indigenization. You know, we can say that uh, part of some of the claim for folks is for, for folks is the connection to the land itself. You know, to be, you know, looking at the U.S. colonial project specifically, to be more American is to be Indian and to say you're, you know, you have those roots and, you know, that, that makes everything um, more real to the connectivity of, to the land itself. And, and you know, and so I guess I would think on some level, maybe um, a way to, you know, push away the, the stigma of being a settler or whatever that may look like. So yeah, the looking at this right here, the uncanny, the uncanny valley, you know that thing where you in um, artificial intelligence where you have a robot that kind of looks human or looks human, but kind of not. And so there's that weird, weird connection that happens there that we recognize them as human, but they're not totally human. You know, that, and and I say that language in that you know, in building our relationships with each other. Um, we're building trust with each other. And I guess to some extent, to what extent we want to have our humanity to each other or that connectiveness. And of course, all that's, I mean, you can align different uh, ways of knowing or your, one's ontology to how do you relate to other folks, you know, and, and um, of course, there's going to be the power dynamic that happens with that as well. So playing all those interconnectedness aspect of it um, play a role in how we build these relationships. So like looking at some of the articles coming out, I was thinking, well, how can I contribute this? Yeah, I have this, this, this work right here. But then I started thinking about um, one, if we're taking, um, you know, Kim Talbert's identity as a poor excuse for relations that made me really think about, and, you know, I've been thinking about this for some time looking at um labor relations like um so in our um understanding that we're in a, a capitalist culture um capitalist country that we're um you know this might be getting to a little bit of stuff folks have to look into what's called the dictatorship the the pro or dictatorship of the bourgeoisie or the capitalist class understanding that framework um what we have are labor relations. And so in uh, enterprise business uh, institution itself, uh, those labor relations are really important. And, you know, we can die, we can, uh, for me, I pull in a little bit of um, anarchist theory and looking at um, hierarchies within them, you know, uh, one idea is no unjust hierarchies. Well, ideally it's more no hierarchies because saying unjust hierarchies assumes there's a just hierarchy which, you know, that, that can be played out. But, you know, la within labor relations, um, I have to, for me, I have to, um, I work in the framework of, you know, unless, um, if one has to sell their labor for a wage, they are a worker. And I would say they are the working class folks as opposed to the capitalist class folks, you know. And then from there, we can look at the conflict theory that happens within within that. Um, so if, if these are labor relations and say we have, you know, put it into a institution, um, you know, having my uh, class analysis, we can have different folks play different roles in upholding institutional, whatever that is, I would say hierarchy. Um, it doesn't matter uh, 
the stratification that people put into so much that people uphold those stratifications to maintain the order of the institution itself. So, and with that, we have the petite bourgeois. You know, folks are, um, they, they have a lot to gain to side with the capitalist class to make sure everything's in order. And so um, my, my, my understanding and how I look at this is, I forgot her, um, their name, but they have a really good graph on um, laying stuff out. So I kind of build off of the idea. It was like, for me, the foundation is colonization here in U.S. Colonial Project. Uh, colonization found, foundation then above that is, you know, capitalism as a framework. Um, and then from there, we have the other supremacy ideologies, you know, racism, sexism, all that. And uh, I, for my class-based analysis or class first, um, which is different than folks who are race, race first, you know, they, they are connected. Um, but I, for me to understand this in terms of that, those kind of relationships, because, you know, race does have uh, early impacts for folks um, that play a role. But for me, in, a, in a, the structure of capitalism, um, racism plays a role to divide folks. Uh, class stratification plays a role in how people relate to each other. Um, so even if you, your income is uh, more liquid than folks who are making minimum wage, uh, under a living wage, um, they're still selling their, their, their labor for a wage. So that's what put me in the, the role of um, the working class folks, which, you know, it, it's really, under, really interesting for folks to, you know, their understanding of working class and blue collar white collar, but I, I kind of universalize it by saying all folks are doing their, their work or all folks are selling all their abstract capital for whatever the job is um, that they're taking on. Um, and, you know, that the intellectual capital that goes along with that is, especially for me in the, lit, the arts and letters, um, it plays a different role. So, you know, I do enjoy the idea of See, I'm a, a, an artist, and you know all that. There's a, there's a mythos that goes around that, and you know there there's a, you know I guess it, par it may, it may par parallel with, um, um, I guess let's say say like a priesthood or monastery, or if I draw upon you know ontology, which is a, um, I think it was uh, Derrida had the concept of ontology of it's like a portmanteau of I think that's how you said. Um, of the two words, haunt and ontology. So um, whatever one thing is, it's always haunted by its previous iteration of, the, of its past. So working with poetry, I think of the ontology of poetry is philosophy. So I'm always having this parallel of philosophy informing the work I do. And also um, with that, you know, who I am, always looking at different approaches to, or different theories to look at and examine the world around me. So as a poet, or if you want to say artist, I'm still a laborer in that I put in all the intellect I have gathered um, into the work I do. Um, and the abstract capital is, you know, w when it enters the market or a job, you know, my ability is judged every time, my performance is judged every time. And depending how uh, good it is, you know, I'll get financial uh, rewards from it. Um, I mean, so far it hasn't really 
um, write a lot of money in, if you want to say it that much. Um, but you know, that, 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 that's how I'm trying to frame my understanding of these relationships. So if we want to look at, um, let's say the, it, it, the way online social media engagement is, I think of like the, what's called the society of the spectacle by, um, what is, DeBoer, where, let's see if I have the, so this is a, a, a if folks don't know, pretty good, interesting read, read um, a meditation on society. And it was published in 1967 where, you know, I'm grabbing the wiki definition, which is uh, DeBoer chases, traces the development of a modern society in which authentic social life has been replaced with its representation. All that once was directly lived has become mere representation. DeBoer argues that the history of social life can be understood as the decline of being into having and having into merely appearing. The condition, according to DeBoer, DeBoer I think I'm saying the name incorrectly, uh, um, is the historical moment at which the commodity completes the colonization of social life. The spectacle is the inverted image of society in which relations between commodities relationships between commodities have supplanted relationships between people in which passive identification with a spectacle supplants genuine activity. The spectacle is not a collection of images, DeBoer writes, rather it's a social relation among people mediated by images, you know, thinking, you know, writing, writing in the sixties, looking at television, as the medium and relationship and how we view the world around us or our gaze into a, a society around us or an imagined society, or, you know, when it comes to media itself, it's a fabricated society to some extent, you know, the, the medium itself is a propaganda tool to put information out there and, you know, the relationship that happens there changes how people like other folks. So I can apply this idea to social media and, you know, I, I think about uh, another, uh, theorist, uh, sociologist, uh, uh, Baudillard, who wrote the book, uh, The Gulf War Did Not Take Place, in, in that, in, in the early 90s, the idea of the Gulf War not taking place, it did take place, which, you know, his job was to analyze it, on it. but it's, it's more of looking at the Gulf War from news coverage here in the States, not actually going on the ground in the Gulf area. Um, which is interesting, you know, even as a Gulf War, that's assuming, you know, a war is assuming equal to both sides. Otherwise, it's considered an invasion, but that's a different thing. But this idea of uh, engaging in some kind of spectacle and some kind of real life thing that happens, but through a medium to, to for the populace to interpret what's happening. And so, uh, and that that's the... It's like one of the times where, you know, uh, the direct connection to it is in the household. And, you know, I extend that idea to looking at the pretend Indian on social media as now we have this direct connection to what's happening in these conversation exchanges on social media uh, with us on our phones. And so that's a different, that's a different kind of engagement with this, the subject matter um, in the, you know, these conversations have been had before where people are within groups, 
um, talking about, you know, folks who are not real Indians and who are Indians, um, all the way up to the 90s, 80s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, the aughts, and now we're now, you know, going into the 21st century, we're still having this conversation. But I think that's that's the shift in that, you know, uh, on top of our social media addiction, you know, with the dopamine re- release that happens with whatever it is we're being curated by the algorithm to see, um, that that we're we're seeing in real time in some extent some extent real to us in that you know however we however the information comes to us that's the real time for that time um on our personal daily and that's really interesting and so i in thinking about that i made it a daily um part of my meditation and generation of the work itself is i would go on twitter you know each social media platform has its own uh, approaches to how to navigate and different people go onto different social media platforms for different reasons. So if I go onto Twitter and I type in pretendian or even hashtag pretendian, I see what comes up. And because pretendian is a Spanish word, um, you know, I have to weed out the Spanish word to see what's happening. Is it? The conversation. That... <laughs> I didn't even know Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. That's same, same thing with def- defendian. You know, the it's the they form of the the, the verb. So to pretend, um, yeah, the they pretend in Spanish. So yeah, yeah, that's the other layer of the the, the pretendian, right? You know, it, it's informed by the if you you know speak Spanish, it's uh, yeah, yeah, the, the pretend side there. Yeah, well, I would like to make some questions. And, you know, intersect real quick because you covered a lot. And um, part of yeah. part of you know our conversation, you know, like a while back before this recording was um, your analysis of how does pretend Indianism affect the working class and how yeah. the U.S. sees or the you know the U.S. colonial project is made so people see things through ethno ethnicities, right? The ethno groups. You know, and to divide, like you said, divide ourselves. And um, I think that's really important. You know, a lot of people on the left do see um, th- this issue, how, how you know, the capitalism and, you know, and, and colonization has created this, this, these uh, structures. So, you know, it's weird because, like, you know, here in the U.S., leftist, you know, um, just, just for example, you know, just I'm just giving an example is they, they see China, this China situation and they see it through, an, you know, U.S. ethno lens. And then they, they start, you know, like analyzing China that way. And you can't. We can't. You know, people here in the U.S. can't do that because that's, you know, China has their own thing um, going on. And I think uh, so they do it here at home, too. Right. With, uh, you know, making everything into like, you know, race and, you know, ethnicities or whatever. And uh, instead of, you know, class struggles, right? And I think that's where people get confused, you know, in the movement and, and, you know, why, you know, some leftists are racist still, you know, and because they they can't, even though they're leftists, they they don't see that, you know, they just the the need for solidarity. So I think, you know, um, I don't know if you want to touch that. You think you touched it enough, you know, about the... um, about the uh, um, pretend Indianisms and the class, you know, effect on the working class or solidarity, or do you want to keep going? Because I have other comments too, other questions. It's up to you. Yeah, no, no those, those are really important to think about in, in the um, 
you know, looking at the settler ontology and understanding that, you know, within the uh, imperial core here, that part of our understanding, even if you're native or not, there's, you've been um, touched or indoctrinated into the, the psychology of the colonial project itself. And so the hyper-individualism plays a big role in those the relationships. And so the, how it, I look for points in, um, folks when they engage political theory, political thought, um, understanding within the U.S., within what's the Overton window, what they consider left and right, even, you know, even the concept of left-right is a bourgeois interpretation of um, politics itself. And, you know, if we're going to be like, you know, listen to your last episode with the Marx-Leninist, even Maoist on top of that, those analyses are outside of the bourgeoisie construct of left-right, especially here with the the Overton window being so far right that even Bernie Sanders seems uh, radical, and for folks who actually have a, the, the, that, that class analysis from a MLM perspective, not it's not so radical at all. Um, so where everyone, I, I would say, in meeting folks where they are, um, folks have understanding things aren't right. They just don't have the language to say why that's happening, and so that's you know. Part, like part of some of the work I do is hopefully educate and agitate and organize, um, understanding, meeting people where they are and understanding the world around them to some extent. And so having a solid understanding of political economy informs how systems may work. And if everyone has a different interpretation, say with capitalism, which is, you know, some of my work is looking at abstractions without the context, everyone fills in the context and that can be totally, you can totally miscommunicate with each other with the abstraction. So if say capitalists, you know, people have a different understanding of what that capitalism, people have a different understanding of what that may mean. Um, but if you're saying, uh, put in context, like a, a, a Marxist critique of capital is, you know, within context of what you mean for, for folks who may know, you know, even um, folks are trying to understand what that may, have their rejections already about saying Marxism, you know, understanding the, a uh, hundred years of anti quote unquote leftist politics, anti communism, that's already there. That's like a default. And so we, I, I hear for here when I talk with folks, they're understanding what's happening with China right now um, from the uh, U.S. colonial perspective of how they see the world around them. And that those are interesting points to say uh, what's correct and what's not correct. Um, and so the, that individualism um, pushes everything aside, and and as as opposed to looking at internationalism, where we place ourselves within the world, um, and understanding that you know we are as humans interconnected, we are dependent on each other in these social um, as social creatures, we re- require being socially engaged with each other um, as part of that interconnectedness, and so w- w- with uh, say within a, a business itself, as we have these initiatives for uh, DEI, which diversity, equity, inclusion, some people put justice in there. So switch around to Jedi, justice, equity, diversity, inclusion, um, you know, adding on to that. These are abstractions and, you know, it feels good. It sounds good. Um, the, the, um, the initiative is, ideally positive, but it's still an abstraction. So if you're saying, even with with the term BIPOC, I mean, I guess we're, 
we assume we're agreeing on, but we're okay with BIPOC. Um, the as abstractions, if I say capitalist Jedi justice, equity, and diversity inclusion, that's different than saying like a Marxist uh, justice, equity, diversity, inclusion. Um, and so that you know that's that's really important to have the context to make sense of what you're saying. Um, even uh, you know. Assuming in the U.S. that liberal means good, this is like your folks beginning or within the Overton window, they're conditioned to say this is what it is. But, you know, different analysis would say, you know, uh, there are some steps within liberalism. They're OK. Um, but, you know, with, within the understanding capitalism, which within liberalism, capitalism is there, um, that um, disconnect or, or the uh, uh, structure of oppression is within capitalism itself. So, you know, that if you're going to be anti-capitalist, then you know, have to do away with that and then transition into a different understanding of your political awareness if you're going to say liberal or go um, to a different analysis of what that's going to be. If you're going to be work towards uh, policy or program changes, that changes how people relate to each other and engage with each other. That's important to know. Yeah, I agree, you know, and I think um, th that's this, this is the first time I, I think I heard when I talked to you and spoke to you uh, w w was bringing up, you know, what how does pretend Indianisms affect the working class? And it's like, uh, yeah. you know, it's it's not just it's not just um, native people that have to deal with this. It's also, you know, black people, even like uh, um LGBT, how, you know, there's the corporations that, you know, like, you know, put rainbow stuff in the advertisement, but do they really care about that community, you know, or like, you know, people that claim to be pro-women's issues, but, you know, at the same time, fund Republican, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, politicians. And I think that's the same thing with, with pretend Indians. It's like uh, you, you want to claim to be Indian or pro-Indian, but you care about Indian issues, you care about... You know, um, <clears throat> what's your stance on this? What are your stances on all this stuff? And I'm not saying, you know, if you're pro-Indian, indigenous, you know, stances, you, you're going to be an in, a native. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm, I'm telling you, like, a lot of these people, you know, I think you disconnected. Hello? No, I'm here. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of these people, you know, have these weird perspectives. You know, they, they form politics and, you know, indigenous politics to fit themselves. You know what I'm saying? To fit yep. the indigeneity, to fit themselves, you know? And that, I think that's a problem, you know? And then, and then you, you know, we have a lot of these people, like, they make they, have, they make products, you know, and they sell products, like arts, which, yep. you know, there's law against selling fake native arts, but still, like, other stuff, you know, or, or they sell themselves as a, as a commodity, but a commodity that's, that's Indian, right? So they, they sell themselves and they, they put themselves in, in the front light and they they take spaces from other native people, which is very problematic, right? So in, in a lot of native people are, are working from from like nothing, you know, they're working from scratch and and you know, we have to we're living in a capitalist system and while these people that are not native people are, are you know are taking space and taking resources from you know, this is you know, we have to think about how it affects, you know, native people within capitalism, I think. And I think that's really important to to uh, talk about and, and it sucks because like you know um what other people i mean i know uh, you know pretend indian issues is, is a global issue but what you know in the u.s like we 
it's, it's it was a really weird thing to deal with, you know, and it's constant. Like, like you know, I, I work with somebody and I, I find out they're they're not, you know, they're a fig native. Then I'm like, what the fuck? I, you know, you fooled me for you know X number of years. It's, and it's a problem, you know. And um, I think that's how we meet. I, I, Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was thinking like the, the pretend Indian, the pretend Indian is trying to get their deeds met like anyone else, right? So, uh, and hearing stories about you know uh, pretend Indian meet other Indians and they they claim some kind of close relationship to the the, the person you're trying to build a relationship with. Um, and so it's, it becomes an adaptive thing or uh, uh, some kind of strategy to connect with other folks. And, you know, automatically, you know, uh, Native folks, I'm always looking for other Native folks and um, trying to make that connection or those relations. Um, um, or we try to find common ground. You know, that's kind of like a quick connectiveness that happens when, you, when someone says there's Native. And you're like, all right, yeah, we understand uh, the understand our relationship within the colonial project, and um, we can connect that way. But so that 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 intention to connect on that way, way to meet uh, personal relationships is there. But I often think about like if the material conditions were different, um, how would people take on this claim? If people had uh, housing, you know, food. Uh, maybe like a sense of community, um, you know, whatever it takes to be self-actualized within that. If all these things are met, which, you know, in a capitalist society, these aren't met for a lot of folks. Um, our relationship to these claims of indigeneity, whatever that may be, or Indianness or whatever that is, it'll be, it'll be different. Um, that, that'll be more the social relationships. But um, in, when it starts to become commodified, you know, um, and we can say the art, the artist is both the means of production and the commodity and the product is the book, uh, the, the movie, the video game, whatever it is, uh, the art piece, that's the product out of that. And so when you put that into institutions, you know, institution is going forward with their DEI initiative to diversify, diversify their, their um, worker pool whatever the stratification within that is, which, you know, um, for some institutions, it's uh, the, the, the representational politics come out and play. And it has the appearance of, you know, diversity, it has the images of, of this is what we're doing. And especially we started thinking about predominantly white institutions. So PWIs, um, once they start to have the representational politics, the images of it, um, those start to take on different roles. And so it becomes very viable for folks if, say, within academia, if you're making, as a full professor, you're making six figures right off the bat. Um, yeah, trying to get your needs met. Um, maybe if you came from low income, whatever that is, um, first generation, you know, all other, other aspects of what makes someone there. And on top of that, the, the, you have a PhD with that or, you know, a terminal degree. Um, yeah why why wouldn't a little fib be um um why why won't why won't you do it right and there no and also knowing the system itself that there's not going to be any critical inquiry into the validity of that claim um yeah just slip it slip it right in you know build your build your persona um build your 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 products around this um yeah i can totally see the opportunism that happens with not being being there and so i you know i try to make it more of a materialist grounding um to why folks would do this and if you're trying to get your needs met yeah you're going to do that um and 
ethics, morals, or whatever that is, you know, within the capitalist society as a moral or, or even has its own sense of moral obligation, um, I guess, is um, they, if you understand the system itself you really well, you know how to manipulate the system itself to your benefit. Um, and so that, I think that's where it's really important to, if, if we're going to have some kind of analysis of this, we have to know what kind, from what position are we going to have this analysis. Um, if we're taking, if we're looking at labor relations, um, so we'll say within an institution, someone has an Indian claim, let's say in academia or arts and letters, if someone has an Indian claim, um, and the fi we find out that's not true, in terms of relationships to your fellow worker, it spoils the relationship. Um, so I think that, uh, on, that, on that level of building your worker group, your whatever that whatever that may look like, um, that that builds up some divide and mistrust within that. And even as not workers, uh, just as um, humans going throughout the world and building those relationships, yeah, we rely on trust of other people. Um, that connectiveness, and maybe that might be some of the other play that's happening in the um, the hyper individualism versus the collectivist. Um, as social creatures, we need each other, and if we can't trust each other for whatever reason that we may need to trust each other, that has been um, altered because of the the say like if it's really important that someone's uh, sense of identity is making those connecting factors, um, the the distrust that happens within that. Um, can sour relations and, you know, expand that further out to different areas, it starts to happen over and over again. Um, but uh, even when I bring up the sense of identity, it's important to distinguish what kind of um, identity politics that we're going to talk about. And that would be either like a liberal sense of identity where because of my identity um, and within being mar marginalized with the United States, I, I'm owed these things. As opposed to uh, identity politics, say from like a Marxist perspective, is looking at how these identities are within systems itself and function, and from there you can make policy and program changes that happen that that impact um, outside of the individualism, but like on a bigger structural level. Um, hopefully, if it scales up. Yeah, I have a, I have a quick comment because I feel like you know liberalism and um, within capitalism has made. It, where people could self-identify, which I, you know, I, to a point, I agree. You know, people should be able to self-identify to a point, but when it comes to indigeneity, there's like a whole layer of like extra stuff <laughs> that people, you know, like community, yep. you know, sovereignty, you know, like uh, all, all these other layers that, that go with go with indigeneity, culture, you know, language, and, you know, history of family, have family history. And I think people can just throw throw you know uh um like these identities on themselves and be like well you can't judge me because this is how i self-identify and it's just like you know like like you said like some stuff is part of this you know the, the structure the system and i feel like just like I'll give, I'll give an example so when i was in the military um i i was you know walking to get some food and somebody on base was wearing a hat that said native native veteran 
right? And it had like it, it had you know like eagle feathers on it, like not actual eagle feathers, but it was embroidered in in the hat, like, yeah. like insinuating this dude was like Native American, you know? And it was like an eagle on the other side, you know? Like I was like, oh, he must be Native American. I don't know, right? So I was like, hey, yo, like what? You know, I, I see your hat, like. You know what? You know what, who your people? You know what tribe you from? Oh, and yeah. then he was like, "Oh, I'm not Native American. I'm a Native veteran. I was born in America, and that makes me a Native American." I was just like, "What the fuck?" Like the type of mental gymnastic this dude did to like make himself to be a Native American. You know, like he was born in America, so he must be a Native American. You know, I was just like, I just left. I was like, okay, I'm done. You know, like, you know, yeah. and, and that's the thing that people have is, is like, they, they do all these, you know, mental gymnastics to like, you know, self-identify. And just like I said earlier, but what's your, what's your, you know, takes on, on, on your, your points of view or your, even the effects that you have on indigeneity, you know, like, and that's, that's the problem I yeah. have with, with, you know, um, with all these things, and uh, I see a lot of my artist friends that that um, they missed out on opportunities, you know, on grants, yep. on you know, funding or resources, you know, and, and they're really talented people because you know, um, people that were, that weren't native, or like you know, were, took that resources, took that space from them, and I think um, now, but now, like you said, like your your analysis. On online, kind of to move forward a little bit, is you know like uh, the culture of, of social media. Because there's one poem or one you know one thing you wrote that um, it was on Keeler's podcast. I think you wrote something like pretend Indians collect native people online to make themselves authentic, right? And to yeah. me, that 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 touched me because I noticed. That's what pretend Indians do. They hang around native people, right? And more and yeah. more native people. They, they, it's like a network con connection. It's like it's kind of like capitalism, you know. In capitalism, they tell you that uh, networking's the most important parts of being successful, you know. So I think these these like pretend Indians use that capitalist mindset of like you know networking is part of being successful so what do they do they go around and befriend as many natives possible so the moment they get called out they have all these native friends that you know like uh that defend them because you know a lot of native people they just take people's words for shit you know and some native people yep. you know the, the ones that are a little smarter they 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 will you know um, be like yo I think this person's a fake native but when you friend some somebody you you know you befriend somebody sometimes it's it's hard some people have a hard time telling them like hey man you're fucking up I think that's a bad friend if you can't tell your friend they're fucking up then are you really a friend if they can't tell you the same like are they really a friend you know so I think that's what's what's going on so this you know this capitalist structure of like befriending. You know, they use social media to co collect all these natives on their social media, and then they, you know, like you know, I I I, it's, it's, I see it. I see people use that against me. I, I see people that I don't consider native, that I don't really care. I don't say this person is not native. I don't say any of that. But they collect other people and say, hey, go go attack that dude. You know, he, he doesn't see I'm native and he's a bad person and he da, da 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 and all these other other things. And it's just like. Why are you doing this? Like, I'm not doing it to you, but you're collecting people to throw them at you. Know, it's like it's weird. It, they also weaponize it. You know, weaponize befriending yeah. you know other other natives, and it's just like, and I always tell people you have to be really careful who you trust online because you don't know who the fuck's out there. 
Oh, you know what kind of issues they have, or the obsessive issues, or stalking issues. You know, and I have a stalker. You know, and it's, it's been years, and this person doesn't stop. And it's just like, yo, like you don't know, man. You don't know what this type of people you're dealing with, man. And I think, um, you know, social media has created this like weird thing where you can't question. You have to follow, right? Yeah. I think I think that's where we're getting at right now. It's like you know. Um, you know, I, I understand killers, um, uh, you know, re, you know, like uh, research, whatever you want to call it, or you know, project on the on her pretend Indian list. I I I will tell you, I I agree that we need to find you know native people that are fake or fake people, fake native people that are in academia because they cause they will cause problems within academia. They will spread false information. We'll talk about academia academia next, but I think yep. um, uh, right now I want to focus on on. Uh, social media and you know let me see the questions I have real quick because I I, I don't want to go all over the place Um, can we talk about yeah we talk about social media and you know how you know I know you know you have an analysis on it like how what do you feel on all of this that I'm saying well so so if I'm picking on the the idea of uh, social media um as propaganda marketing tools, um, the, the, and also for uh, marketability for whatever the product may be, or even the social engagement that the algorithms make sure to cater toward advertisement. Um, the, those, and you you know, the, you know, not to get too uh, into pedantry about um, defining what it is, but it's, it's important to understand what the, the social relationships are 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 we going to actually do like a friendship relationship you know outside of business are we going to have business relationships and you know um once it switches over to a business relationship then you know we start to feel for if we haven't been notified we start to feel used by it and so that sours the relationships um and so if it's a networking to say the pretend indian grabbing other indians to uh uh um, build their empire or their network of uh, other uh, feelers and uh, people who here can come back to them with information. You know that that that's already built into the the the, the algorithmic um, relationship that we have with the marketing tool itself of social media. And so and yeah, it is dangerous. You don't know, like you know, with especially with. Uh, uh, social media accounts that are not connected to directly to people that are just made up. And that's really hard to find out because we don't know what is real and the, the hyper reality that we are having with social media uh, that we, we can let's say like my account is on the blockchain. Um, but say I had like a fake account that totally sided with the, 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 whatever the opposition is and that's being amplified. So you can play both sides and, you know, have engagement or intergagement that happens within social media to continue to generate what needs to be, need to be happening. So it, if, and this is an issue because it deals with identity for a lot of folks and folks feeling like there's a few, a lot of folks who are, you know, through the colonization process been disconnected from whatever the idea is making that connection to identity or nativeness or indigeneity, whatever that is. Um, you can continue to agitate that over and over and you get clicks, likes, shares um, through the process. So it, 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 for an artist, you know, that's really great if you don't have any other 
other way to engage other folks. You can engage in this right off the, I guess it will be clout, but right off the capital, the social cultural capital that is within the marketing platform itself. Make a position that is likable for a lot of folks. And then, you know, you can start to put in your wares. Like, I feel really bad they don't have merchandising for this. Like, I need t-shirts, I need, you know, some pins, and buttons, all that, maybe some uh, bobbleheads. I don't have the the other side of the, the marketing platform need for putting products out there that add on to this. And so, yeah, we have to, we're, we're in our capitalist realism world, uh, all those are put together and we are all thinking within the, the, the mindset of the, the capitalist structure, um, whether we know it or not. Well, hopefully as we start to know it, then we can start to make different uh, associations with that. Um, so yeah, the, the gathering of folks uh, is important um, for native and non-native you know, to build your quote unquote community, even that is kind of weird. I mean, most people have pods, right? You have a core group of like five or six folks that you really rely on the rest besides family. Um, really the sense of community is too abstract as well. Like what, what community, online community, what is that? Uh, offline community, what is that? You know, um, uh, if you're like a streamer, you have a community generate there. Community as another abstraction does a lot of heavy lifting for automatically covering a lot of stuff. So, but in that um, blanket statement of a community, it doesn't, it doesn't do any, anything as well. So, you know, keeping in mind there, the laws of contradiction is always going to be at play. Things are good. Things are not good. There's the antagonism that happens there. Um, that's always going to be there. So how much um, we want to engage with that, 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 that is happening. I agree. And I think part of the, the online thing is algorithm. So if you like something or you agree with something, like a bunch of that will come up, right? Like if, for me, it's a bunch of Star Wars shit, right? And like a bunch of Star Wars stuff will come on and, you know, and it's like, and then I'll get advertisements, weird shit like Star Wars dad or some stupid shit. And this is like, what the yeah. fuck? It's kind of creepy. So I think, and I think with these people too, like, you know, when, if you, if you, you have like, uh, acquaintances or mutuals, whatever you want to call them, and then they like something that agrees with you. You'll see it, and then your your networks will get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I understand this is important for like, um, you know, to build build you know, um, n- networks, whatever. But at the same time, like, uh, when it comes to like native issues, it's it's almost like for you, especially you know specifically for you for your example like you were put on a list only because you support killer right like did i don't know did anybody any of these people that made this list or did they even reach out to you or was it just like trevino like a grizzly killer let's cut him off and to me it's weird because like you know like you are an artist you know you are poets and for them to be like here, native, native uh, Twitter, native social media. Let's cut the completely cut this dude off. Let's, let's all block him. It is like to me, it's dangerous, you know, because it will get into the, into the next subject, criticism, or you know, you know, getting criticism within academia. And should we have like um, these conversations on social media? Like I know, you know, um, like you know, other some places on social media are more academic friendly i guess so, so you don't really see too much on instagram you know <clears throat> but there's more people more academics on twitter right 
and it's not not very much on TikTok. TikTok is just like a joke, but uh, you know, but you know, it's hard because we, you know, academics want to promote their ideas, but the moment you know you tell somebody, you know, block block Trevino, everybody, all Indian countries should block Trevino, and it's just like. You know, like people that have never seen your work, never heard of you, never had a conversation with you, like, and then these people just blindly follow people like that. That's dangerous, right? That's dangerous. Uh, On my Twitter account, I only have like 700 700 people following me. So it's not like a big win or coup to uh to block my accounts uh, and, and my my social media accounts more just delivery of uh these things the the, the meme project that i've been doing for a while where you know i'm not you know manuscripts i have for publishing to publish somewhere then i have the meme project meme project where you know it's just meditation and thoughts and all that and but i i think what's really interesting about the the blockchain thing is like a week before you know you notified me or, or maybe even two weeks i have this one post where it's a Everyone on social media is beholden to advertisement revenue. Adding other accounts to your personal account or blocking, snoozing other accounts helps craft a better user account experience and deliver advertisement to the customer in the attention economy, which social media is the attention economy. Uh, This behavior modifies your profile account algorithm. Twitter blockchain is a great tool to block a user account and others who may follow said account so the user won't see any of that kind of influence. This keeps the user experience engaged and eyes on advertisement. Facts are not important if all is creating the narrative. This is the meta-parasocial relationship between one social media account and the hyper-reality community manufactured. So that... uh, so it, it, you, you're, the, the, block, the Twitter blockchain is really great for um, making sure a user's not getting content that they disagree with and they don't want to go onto the platform and that, you know, that impacts um, ad revenue. So, of course, the block, blockchain tool is important to make sure you still have whatever's coming through your feed continue to engage you and not distract you. So it, it, does, it does play like the a very uh, interesting role in the advertising marketing side of it and the attention economy engagement that happens with it. Um, so to see, to, to have that writing, cause I, you know, a lot of this writing is like a week out before I put it out on um, social media because I'm, I'm still processing it and trying to formulate and whatnot. And then I put it into the meme form and then I put it out there. And so to see the chain of events, because, you know, part the week before that I start to hear about blockchain and what that may mean. And I'm, and I'm also looking at a cryptocurrency because there's blockchains in there, but you know, this within social media, I thought that was really interesting to make sure that the user experience isn't um, the user experience is still engaging to make sure to not see the things that you don't want to see. Or, you know, uh, as I use my accounts to look at other stuff, that's interesting. It's all about what's out there. And I'm even looking at um, counter um, narratives that are happening or things I disagree with. And so it's a research tool for me. Um, other folks, this is an extension of who they are, or at least whatever that relationship they have of who they may think they are online, because we don't really know each other that much. And then within that, you know, what, what's called parasocial relationships, where, you know, one side feels connected to another person and building, you know, feeding off our need to be social with each other. Uh, one side has this built-in narrative, they're connected to some that one person, say like a celebrity, but that celebrity doesn't it's not reciprocated back to them. So we have this 
this alternate reality that we operate within and building all these other things that make it really weird. Um, so to be, I don't know, uh, that, that's my thing is like, uh, my 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 Twitter account doesn't have that much draw. I mean, people who when I started writing on looking and examining pretending issues, already got folks who, uh, which are, are fine. I've had friends who put me on mute, and you know, a lot of it's because I post a lot of the memes as well, and so they that, that's fine because people want to have their user experience be what it is. And um, but as I start writing about the pretending issue for folks who feel not as confident, you know, the triggering aspect, they already blocked me. So um, I don't, you know, for me, blocking, not blocking, um, following, not following, I don't hold it as some kind of um, expression of the soul or spirit. And I'm going to judge people off of that. I mean, it might be a little cue into maybe their research stuff because we all have our, you know, secret lives, that we have online. I mean, if we, if everyone had access to everyone else's private browsing uh, um, history, yeah, we're, we're totally um, different people. And, you know, we're complex. That That's just how it is. Yeah, I agree. I think the, you know, the point I'm making is like, um, you know, getting into like the subject of, uh, you know, like listening and, you know, and engaging with criticism within academia, right? I think we need to um, continue. We, we have to do that. I mean, leftists do it all the time. We critique each other, you know, like anarchists critique, you know, Marxists. Marxists critique anarchists. And there's, there's different types of, you know, like people within the left, like Leninists or Stalinists or Maoists, whatever they call themselves. And we're always critiquing each other. And that's the thing about the left is we're always, you know, uh, critiquing each other, you know, compared to the to the right where it's like, this is the only way follow or you're the enemy, you know, and it's, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's dangerous, you know, the right is full of fascists. But I think, um, you know, I think it's weird because like uh, what the moment you start silencing people's critiques um, on, on pretend Indianisms, that's becomes dangerous, especially native people. Right. And yeah. I always tell people, if you have like a different opinion on this, come on the show. We'll talk about this. We're not going to have name calling. Yeah. We're not going to, you know, pull each other down. But we are going to talk about the issues real hard. And, uh, you know, and it's not attacking you as a character. It's not attacking you, your, 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 your own personal character. But, you know, you know, but we, we have to have this conversation. This is what you know we have these conversations for. I think, um, you know, for example, I think, you know, I'm not saying, you know, like, you know, like, uh, you know, you're you're oppressed or anything that for, for, for this list. But I'm saying, like, you know, it's weird that the people on this list are really like, I want to say, like, they're not heavy hitters, you know, because, like, um, I think uh, Kim Tauber wrote an article supporting uh, Keeler's work. But yet Kim Tauber is not on this list. Right. And yep. she wrote a freaking article writing that. And why, why, why wouldn't these people put Kim on? I'm not saying I'm not condoning that behavior, but I'm saying like that's what I'm talking about. They pick on people because they know they can, right? And that's that's an issue, right? So I think now moving forward to you know academia and, and criticisms, I think you know we we just it, it's hard for for in any anything. To, to you know to, to engage with people that that say they don't want to listen to the other side or they don't want to you know and I'm not listen, telling people to listen to capitalism right this is like native people discussing within ourselves for us to 
you know, fix problems with our own community. We're, we're going to have back and forth. I know people that disagree with Keeler, you know, they're, and they're native people, and that's fine. Like, I'm not going to be like, you, yeah. you know, acquaintance, like, you're a piece of shit for not agreeing with Keeler. But, you know, you know, like, I, I, I will say, hey, man, like, your, your, your perspective is, to me, my point of view is kind of shallow. It is. Right. And I have people yeah. that say, I don't want to talk to Keeler and these are native people like, you know, and, and, and almost like, you know, I think and I told them, like, maybe you should either listen to the podcast where I was in because they were, they were they were I don't know where they were repeating or they were like um, saying stuff that were, were factually wrong about Keeler. And I was like, Keeler never said this. You can listen to her on my podcast or you can listen to her on her own podcast. But that's what you're saying about Keeler is untrue. I know for it to be untrue. Right. So like, you know, and I, I said, hey, man, maybe you should listen. Just listen to these podcasts. And they're like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Well, then, you know, like then you, you, you know, how can you, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I don't know. Um, you know, it's like, it's like having an argument with somebody, but you never you don't even know if you, you would disagree or agree with, you know, indigeneity is not it's not a one tone thing. It's pretty complex, you know. So I think people need to. Uh, you know, accept criticism, listen to it, and analyze it. And I think I become the, the, a stronger person when I talked about Chicanismo, because that's what I'm known for, is by listening to Chicanos, analyzing, and asking them a question back. And I would think they would become stronger for listening to me, but instead they, just, they blocked me out. So then I learn their talking points, and I'm like, it, it makes me... Uh, you know, like a, a sharper tool, you know, like I used to be going to this conversation with a blunt, uh, you know, a club. Now I, I'm, I'm a really sharp knife. And, I, and that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like, like I want to hear critiques or Chicano critiques of my work because I could say, hey, OK, I, I can see that point of view. Let me analyze that point of view, you know, and I think um, and I welcome it. You know, I welcome these people and their critiques. But you know when when people say, "Hey, I don't want to talk to you," and I think you're just you're a traitor. I have people making videos about me say I'm a traitor. I'm like, then I say, "Hey, come on, let's talk about it, and let's talk about why you think I'm a traitor." You know what I'm saying? And then and you yeah. know, a traitor to indigeneity, whatever the hell they said. You know, and then I, and but they won't. I'm like, then you know, then you're a fool. You're a clown. You're just a clown online making noise for no reason. You know, like if you want to come at me. Come at me like let's do it. Let, let's let's you know let's talk about it. If you can't come at me, we can have a conversation. That are you really academic or are you just like a clown online? You know, doing things for likes, doing things for the algorithm, right? I don't do things for algorithm. I don't I, think- I, I don't argue with people on. on so sorry, sorry for cutting you off, but I don't I don't I don't I'm not gonna have discussions on on like social medias with people. If you don't like the podcast. You can just go listen to some other shit that you agree with. You know, do your own algorithm. But I am not here to adhere to anybody's algorithm. Like, I'm here to bring people to the podcast and they bring their knowledge. Like you, right? Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. I think the, the critique, having critique is important. I mean, that's how we move ideas forward. We have to hash them out in the real time of as pretty or as ugly as it may be or brilliant or not as brilliant as the takes may be um having a learning how to build a sound argument is really important and so that uh yeah i, I welcome critique um but but uh, no because there has to be some stipulations around it critique or back and forth engagement on twitter is not 
ideal. I mean, we can go onto wiki letters and have a back and forth engagement there where we think about it further, or maybe um, an engagement of articles, or even even on podcast if that would have to be, or even a debate, a, a narrated or a, a mediated debate that happens between have ideas put forward because um, in all of this that's happening with the pretend Indian, I also look at it as opportunity for education. So when there is a claim made, like how do you, how does, how do people expand on that other than just doing the job, right? So there is the claim of anti-blackness or with with the the with with the alleged pretend Indian list, which I call it a spreadsheet because you know spreadsheets are pretty dynamic and complicated and really weird and people hate them. Uh, but uh, when you when you have a claim on something, let's 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 figure it out like wh wh where does where does that come from um because other people are watching it they want to see what it is and that that's pretty powerful and and if you want to build your argument you know put in the cues for that um so like even as a propagandist as marketing and even a really good la lawyer is all about creating narrative to win the argument and if it's going to be an argument argument doesn't necessarily mean like fighting argument means like putting sound uh, argument forward that hold your position and push the narrative forward. And that's how we, you know, works out within our understanding of making sense of the world around us. So, you know, Keeler's, Keeler's list is working with racism, uh, looking at the codified racism that is in the United States and what it may mean or may not mean for native folks. And so all the claims, you can look at that. And so if there is a claim of anti-blackness, all right, what do you mean by anti-blackness? How do we put that out there? Is it a resistant or antagonistic to black people or their values or objectives? Or are we in a different perspective that anti-black means unless you're black, you are anti-black, meaning the systemic issues within a white supremacy society will constantly be against black people's progress and development. This is really important. Do we have like a, a liberal interpretation of what racism is? We have a, a capitalist interpretation of what racism is, a Marxist perspective of what racism is and look at these issues because they all have different ways to engage with the work itself. And that's really important. So again, with the abstractions needing the context to better make sense of what you're trying to put forward and the, the argument presented. Otherwise, you know, it's just doing the quick jabs and automatically people just don't want to associate or be uh, touch any of it because you know I had one um, meme or meditation I put out there someone liked it and then someone said oh if you like this meme that means you like the the list that means you're uh, the list is anti-black now you're anti-black guilty by association and they they stop that and so you, you stop conversation you stop engagement you know when you think about the capitalist mindset and the continued competition that happens there instead of the collaborative potential collaborative engagement um we start to slow down in what we're doing so uh, uh you know not everyone has access to academia and folks are engaging and listen wherever they are in their understanding of these issues it's really important to put out here's some critical reading that helps inform where this perspective is coming from what what works and what doesn't work um so yeah i Definitely within, say, if we want to say within academia, they're knowledge generating um, institutions that everything that happens through academia gets filtered out into the regular populace society communities. And, you know, I, I start to notice that shift for me, like seeing the spillage of academia and what, what may be social justice 
um, language coming out of it um, in the community was when, you know, I think 2012 when doing um, trainings as a, you know, doing what I was doing at the time, social work, um, doing these trainings, and there's, a, I saw, or at least I saw and I heard a shift in language that was happening, you know, pronouns are being presented and, you know, my, my contrarian side of me is like, like wanting to be a like really look at that what's happening there and like I understand like where is this coming from and so that is the soft critique for me to look at what's informing this <clears throat> not everyone does that so that's that's where if we're going to do have this idea of uh education for other folks um put their information out there why people are making this claim why people saying this um and you know we're and we're also dealing with cognitive dissonance in this and so if it's someone has a belief system, and it ch evidence challenges their belief system, they're going to double down in their belief system. So, you know, we have to have the, if we're going to have the engagement, people have to be willing to update their belief system in these engagements. And if you're not, for whatever reason, protecting yourself, um, you don't want to go there, it disrupts your reality. Uh, sure, we're not, we won't go there with you. But there are other people who are interested in, you know, exploring, researching, looking at all the stuff, which that's where I am. Yeah, I think, you know, and that's the thing, like, um, I, I noticed some, a lot of academics, especially on Twitter, you know, they'll say this is conversation can't really be had on Twitter, which I agree. A lot of academics conversations can't ha happen on Twitter. First off, you know, I don't know how many, I forgot how many characters limit there is per tweet. And then you have to make several of them. And I sometimes I, I make like a, like a set, right? And I still leave yep. the whole thing. I'm like, well, what the fuck am I doing? Because it's like, this is not even the conversation. I'll just have a podcast episode about this, you know, or, you know, even people on the left, I noticed they will tweet very vague shit. It'll get a bunch of likes, but they're playing into the algorithm of like academia, you know, or, or getting likes and getting ahead. I guess, I don't know if it's, if it's even getting ahead within academia or why, why, what's the purpose of this? Cause you know, I, my podcast is pretty quiet. I retweet a lot. I re, you know repost, retweet, whatever, and I rarely put my own opinion because it's like, why, why don't I just make an episode about this, right? Well, we can have a conversation yep. just like this, you know. And I think uh, it's hard because like, like people are like, oh, your podcast, you know, it's it's not as good as it should be, or you know, as many likes, but. I'm not here for likes, you know, can you imagine in academia, like, hey, you know, I wrote this paper and then got like so-and-so likes, like, who cares? I'm still going to, you know, read it and critique it and break it apart and analyze it myself. Like, I don't care if, you know, you how many likes you have on on, a, on something. It, I, I want to, you know, I want to break it down myself, you know, and that's, that's part of academia. You, we have to break each other's work down and analyze it. You know, I expect people to even to break down my whole episodes apart, you know? And I, you yep. know, I think that's, that's part of it. And I think, um, you know, you know, like how it's weird, this mesh of academia and social media, right? Now there's like more academics on Twitter and, you know, I think it's, it's like, um, is this the future of academia? Cause you know, academia itself is like a money making machine, right? When, when you yep. challenge, yep. for example, when I challenge, when I challenged the you know Chicano studies or Chicano academia, people told me that they were like you're getting pushback because it, the department itself is an economic machine, right? And that that yep. that like really hit me because I was like, what are you talking about? You know, the, you know they gotta sell books, they gotta like, you know, uh, you know recruit people, you know students to study, 
and you know, research, you know, like become, you know, Chicano studies, you know, scholars or you know, you know, degrees or whatever, and then continue this forward, this work forward. So you know, it's 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 a you know, it's 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 like I said, it's an economic machine. But is indigenous studies? Are we participating in this capitalist machine? Like, you know, and it's the thing is like we. Are we, you know, like a lot of us, I don't want to feel like I'm doing this for a capitalist reason. Like I didn't get into like native, native law for capitalist reasons. Or, you know what I'm saying? I don't even have a job within, yep. within what, what I studied. I studied because I think it's important for me. Right. And, you know, I'm not making money from it. So, you know, it's like, I, I must say that we're free from not making money. And I know some people that make money from this subject itself and they're native people. And I think this is really stupid, but I think. You know, and they and they tend to be leftists. But I think you know that's that's a problem. Like, are we participating in this capitalist structure, and in in you know as an academic, as a scholar, and, and are we pushing this money machine forward? You know, and I think you know once once you mix social media into it, it becomes like other algorithms and you know advertising yourselves vague ass posts you know and critiquing this critiquing that or not making a strong statement like like first first china i don't want to make a statement for china because i I feel like i'm gonna get pushed back who cares you know i always tell people can you imagine if like marx was like i don't want to make you know make a statement about this because i don't want to get pushed back no he was like fuck this same thing with you know lenin and any other revolutionary they were like we're going to talk about this you know whether people like it or not you know and i feel like that's yeah. what social media people are afraid to talk about subjects that pushes you know the pushes you know uh, the, the narrative and then and then nowadays people don't want to talk about it because they they don't want to get pushed back from the public and this what's where crit- criticism comes in why as a society we are not open to criticism especially from academics or scholars it's scary to me it's scary to me that, that you know this this movement's going forward this is non these people that don't want to have these conversations in academia you know and, and it's and it's just like i don't even you know like i had people on the podcast that i disagree with and people said that it went well and i was like okay you know and that's these are the conversations we should be having but you know it's weird what are your thoughts about this yeah, so I, I think about academia itself. If the the, the so you know the part of the anti-worker, anti-communist, anti-union, anti-leftist uh, side of the United States, uh, we can just look to the union itself. You know, I I, I believe in strong unions, and they should be replicated everywhere. You know, a different approach to to have making sure workers get their get the get the rights not only that but also living wages all the other benefits are there or maybe even can extend it further that some things need to be universalized like education healthcare stuff like that um so but the uh, AAUP which is the American Association of University Professors has a really sound uh, analysis of the higher ed higher ed as a business model of what that may look like and so, you know, me, with my understanding of like a Marxist uh, political economy of what capitalism is, it, it falls right into that system of how the business is run. And, you know, it's a debt system um, and it's a it'll continually push for profit at the expense of wage stagnation or low wages and continue the what's called degree creep where, you know, and not, for this job, you have to have a bachelor's and now 
yeah, one, you know, at one time, just having the high school education is fine. Then you have to have a bachelor's and then, you know, now you have to have a master's and now you have to have a doctorate while still driving down wages. So like the, the worker side of it, the, the the economy side of it for folks who are entering these systems as a business, as an enterprise, um, it, it's, it's set up to be what it is right now, as opposed to say like a, a, a self-director worker enterprise where the worker decides what happens to the profits. The worker, you bring democracy into the workplace and they decide who's going to play this. You need, you need like a supervisor role for time being. We can vote them in. You do that role and you can switch other folks and say, start to diversify the skills of your, your, your workers and the institution itself or the enterprise. And so if it's not that, then it's, um, it's doing a different mode of operation. And that would be, you know, as it is, you know, leveraging debt, not only in debt, but uh, the debt of the institution itself by taking on building projects, capital projects um, to continue that. And that's all riding on an economy that hopefully is functioning and developing and expanding all that. But if it's not, say, like the pandemic, uh, when debt needs to be collected, you know, things start to get a little bit different. And so that, you know, that, I mean, people, folks can go on YouTube and see what um, AUP had with their last meeting about looking at the um, system itself, but that can be replicated everywhere else, like nonprofits. Um, once, a, you know, say a nonprofit, when you follow the capital, whether it goes into a place or whether it goes away, that means something. So with a nonprofit, if it's trying to do social justice work, but their workers are not unionized, they're not doing the social justice work that they're intending to do. Um, so if they're, unless it's like a, the worker, self-directed worker enterprise, that's a different model because we're trying to make the corrections in capitalism. The analysis is already there. We know the system is going to mess up every you know, seven to 10 years or four to seven years, whatever it is, There's, it fails and, you know, or downturn, whatever they, whatever language they have there to disguise that the system itself is made to do what it's doing. Um, and at the expense of people's lives getting wages, living wage, thriving wage, whatever that is, it's important. And so I think that's where, you know, where, you know, some of the, what we're seeing up in Canada with their pretending Indian issue up there, um, making some corrections into the, the, the workforce there saying like, you have to have these certain criteria, this documentation in order to have this claim. Um, because it's tied to, you know, as what we were looking here with the American Indian Arts and Crafts, um, it's uh, truth in advertising, right? So if you're, you're if you're saying this, then be truthful. You have to have the documentation. Um, other than that, then don't have the claim. Um, but, but that's not saying that, say, non-natives can't teach teach native studies. No one's saying that these things are made for these specific people. That's not that's not there. If you're if you got your degree in Native Studies and you can teach really well and hopefully not go too often weird tangents, um, which you know everyone does anyways, um, yeah, anyone can teach Native Studies. It gets really weird when someone has an Indian claim in order to continue to validate their what they're saying or to legitimize what they're saying. I think it's really weird. Yeah, I agree then, with you. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, and that, you know, not only for uh, other people working in institution, but also students. And you know, as that information spills out into the to, to everyone else, then it, you know, it's just a snowball effect of bad scholarship going out. Um, but it, but the, the act of doing research and scholarship too is also critiquing that and 
know, rejecting it and there's new evidence presents itself, we can change position. But yeah, it, it, so if the if a pretendant is in a position of power, of course, they're gonna make sure because it's easy to manipulate systems to have the system in their favor. It's already in their favor. It's already built in there. Um, so you just rely on that to do it. And, um, and that's, that's for anyone to build a great narrative or as, you know, as I think about Sarah McLaughlin's song, Build It in a Mystery. You know, you build enough chaos in an area, you can you can put more any kind of information you want in. In the chaos, you can thrive. I agree. You know, and, and I think going back to your snowball effect, I think this is why like an aspect I don't I don't even know if calling it cancel culture is, is acceptable, but um I think, you know, the snowball effect is very, very like it's something that I, I, I really want to talk about, especially when it comes to analyzing online online culture, is like, because, you know, I, I had, you know, threats in the past done to myself. And, uh, and you know, it's, it always starts with, like, one person. And they're saying, hey, that person, Rick, he's a so-and-so. And then somebody else hears it, and they, they, they pick it up. They pick up the torch, and they carry it even further. Like, that Rick so-and-so, he's a piece of shit because blah, blah, blah. And somebody else picks it up. And, like, hey, that Rick so-and-so, let's go fuck him up. You know what I'm saying? And, it, you know, it gets to a point where, like, just like, here, here's his address and go shoot him up. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, why why did it snowball that way? You know, why couldn't this first person just have a conversation with me? You know? And why yeah. could anybody yeah. down this line <clears throat> of snowball, you know, people, why couldn't they themselves have a conversation with me? You know, all the, you know from the first person, you know, um, and for example, I had a you know a, a, a Chicano professor you know uh, for ye- over a year you know you know call me, text me, message me you know, and it was like yeah, hey, I want to know your points of views, blah blah blah, you know you know, and I was like very skeptical because I can see at the same time that people were sending me screenshots of like hey yo this person is talking about you. It's always still cordial like hey man like what's going on, and you know when they got found out when I you know I was like hey man like what are you doing. You know, like, are you actually trying to get to know me or whatever? It was like the snowball effect of like them slandering me and like saying like all this nonsense. So it's like, why are you? I thought you were a scholar. I thought you wanted to have a conversation. This is why I'm kind of skeptical now of who I talk to. Yeah. You know, and even though I have a podcast, I'm really skeptical. You know, people that reach out to me and not to ignore people or not to, you know, but I'm like, should I respond? Should I not respond? You know, and then, you know, the other aspect of this, what we're talking about is, you know, uh, academia was in social media. If you believe, if anybody believes everything they have or they hear about Native people via social media, you're going to have a hard time, right? So we have like, I think like places like TikTok where young people are trying to like mimic a scholar's. Right, that they're trying to put up, yep. inf- or, or even Instagram, like infographics, you know. And sometimes these infographics are like vague or wrong, or when people when people like mass share them, there's like mass sharing. And it's like you know they 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 make infographics, and maybe it's for you know the you know you know like a good purpose or good intention, but sometimes you know the information is wrong, and or like misleading. And I think yep. it becomes like this massive share. Like I see some native people share it, but you know, like I see some people that share it, put in their stories like, Hey man, what the fuck? Why are you guys sharing this? This is, some of this is factually wrong, even though the intentions might be good. You know, the, the, the you know, the information within uh, this infographics is fucked up, 
you know. And I think you know it, it's it's good that you know on one hand I think it's good that young people or you know or, you know yes yeah, younger generation are trying to be more scholarly or academic, but we you know you have to put in the, the, the research and a lot of the times you know um, us getting these degrees you know. Is, is research, you know, reading, you know, and I think, you know, and a lot of us don't have the resources to go to universities, you know, to uh, to get these degrees. You know, even I had to go to literally go to get deployed, you know, join the military just so I can have opportunities to, you know, I don't, I don't recommend that, by the way, to, you know, to, to, to get, you know, resources for, for school education. But I think, you know, that's what I had to go through. But I think, you know, um, so there's so much misinformation about indigenous issues, indigeneity, you know, online through like, you know, especially TikTok, you know, Facebook, a lot of Facebook stuff. And, you know, the reason why I started talking about, uh, you know, Chicanismo, indigeneity, like 15 years ago was because Facebook, there was a, a ton of like misres- uh, misrepresentation. On, on online about you know indigenous people in online there's like weird websites if anybody was online in the 90s there's a lot of <laughs> weird shit right and it yep. was like um you know really bad websites really bad infographics on there and you know and you know i, I even had like one of one of my for example i had one of my you know uh, not to say, you know i'm not gonna say names but one of my cousins you know like named their, their their kid a name i was like hey why do you name your kid that like just interesting like it was a native american this person obviously is not his cousin of mine is not native right and was like oh this yep. name is native american and i looked it up and it was like it means hopi you know like um hopi it means it means like one website said it means you know butterfly in hopi and then I, you know, I looked up other websites. It was like this, this, this website is misrepresenting. It was like a Hopi, you know, written website. It doesn't mean butterfly. It means I'm hungry. <laughs> so it's like, what the fuck? So I asked my Hopi friend yeah. and he was like, yeah, dude, like this is misrepresenting. You know, this is mis- misrepresentation of that word. It means hungry. And I would tell my cousin, I was like, hey man, like you're about to name your kid something. That means I'm hungry. You know what I'm saying? Like. And they were like, I don't care. I saw it on the website. And was like, you know, what, you can't believe everything on websites. You know what I'm saying? You can't believe everything online. A lot of the stuff we learn is from community, right? Our community yep. members in person, not online, yep. you know? And I see this stuff too. Like, you know, these, these Native people say, oh, I'm, I'm detropolized. I'm not connected to my community. So what I'm going to do is learn indigeneity with other people that are disconnected. That is not the way to go in my point of view. Right, that is lost people teaching lost people nonsense, like 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 pan indigenous stuff. That's sometimes right, sometimes wrong. You know, and and, and I think that's what's wrong with the internet culture. People you want to nitpick what's convenience. Like it's like this com- capitalist convenience was convenient for them yeah. to consume as indigeneity through the internet, and it's very dangerous. I think. You know, and I think, you know, if you don't have community, you know, if you don't have the community, then, you know, it sucks. But, you know, it, it, it's not indigeneity or culture or languages. It's not something we can just pick up, you know, pick up like out of convenience. Even me, like I'm, I'm, I'm taking my kids. We, we actually have to go to language class, you know, and it takes time, you know, and, and, and it's, it's not it's not something like I know Comanche language. I don't like my daughter knows more than me. You know, and, and, and it's like yep. she's picking up faster, but, you know, she works at it. And I think, you know, it, it takes this like 
process to to learn these things not just like hey i know like five words i know the language and it's like no you don't do you for reals <laughs> I, 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 would, uh, I, I can see online you know as you know the the, the potential of learning as well but, but you still have to have you know do some other research to back it up as you go down the track where you're just spelling out weird stuff. Um, but I think that on some level, uh, you know, in order to, uh, because time is limited, do your own research, but then you have to you know, make sure to go in the community or say for me, like Lakota, I have to go talk with other Lakota who, you know, have language, have spirituality, no creation stories, all that in order to look at the research I looked at to weed out the stuff that isn't true and make sure, you know, make, make the correct adjustments to where I want to go. Uh, but you know, that, that's something that's really nice about, I would say social media or even just online culture experience research uh, to help primer that, but yeah, you still have to have in the community work, um, that, that corrects it, make sure you're on the right track. Um, there, there's a Lakota saying where like ready, that meaning you have done all the research, you prepped all that beforehand before you enter the community and get back to the community. And so that's, that's, I mean, that might be like a pushback on what you're saying, um, but it adds on to it. Um, we have a great opportunity to do that. And though you still, you still build your community from there. You can have online communities, like a page or group that you connect with other folks and, you know, um, start doing some aspects, but you still have to, make sure those are correct as well. Um, I know the, I, some of the other claims on uh, this discussion is like tribes don't comment on other tribes. Is that it's like people do, other tribes comment on other tribes, other nations comment on the other nations. That's, that's always been there, which is kind of. I think, weird. I think, yeah, I think that's the, the whole like killers infringing on tribal sovereignty because she's investigating. Yep. If she's not from that tribe, she should investigate. But, you know, like, I think part of the undrip is, like, there should be the right for Native people to have journalists. Her as a journalist should investigate, you know, fraud within, you know, in, you know, indigenous community, especially indigenous academia. So she's investigating fraud, right? And I think, you know, so this, I understand, you know, she, you know, First off, the people that she worked with were people within the, the, the communities she, you know, from what I understand, she reached out to these communities themselves, right? And, you know, a yeah. lot of people reached out, have been reaching out to her, just like me. People reach, reach out to me and say, hey, this person is not, you know, he's a pretend Indian, Indian and freak native, whatever. And I'm like, really? You know, and I and I, and I I look into it. You know, I'm not like healer. I don't, I don't like put it out there, but I look into it and I'm like, oh, shit. Or I think, hey, man, like this person actually is native, you know, and sometimes it comes up like, you know, but the thing is, like, do people expect tribal enrollment offices to become like PIs <laughs> to, to investigate fake natives, you know, like for like Elizabeth Warren was easy because she publicly she was a presidential candidate and she claimed to be Cherokee when the Cherokee tribes can like you know instantly make a comment like no you're not right so but like when it comes to in academia like you know like tribes don't go out looking like you know private eye person you know in the little 1930s jacket and hat you know fedora hat whatever like we don't you know we don't we don't do that it's like we don't care like you know it's one of those things that you know tribal offices are busy you know dealing with stuff and for for you know for people to to you know suggest that you know the tribe should 
use their own resources to look out, investigate for fakes. You know, we I think we, from what I understand, we can call a tribal office and say, hey, is this person, you know, enrolled? If not, like, okay, you know, you know, you can ask tribal members, you know, yourself, but like a lot of these offices, like, you know, you're not going to ask, they're not going to, you know, go out in their way other than, you know, maybe it's a big time, you know, person like Elizabeth Warren, uh, you know, but yeah. yeah, it's not, why do you, why are you, I don't understand. I don't understand why these uh, people, uh, go ahead. I under, yeah, my understanding of Keyleth's uh, uh, spreadsheet is they're going after public people. That's, that's a different thing that, I mean, the, the people, uh, the public person is out there, you know, selling wares or selling themselves as the, the products are putting out there. And that's, that's different. Um, so I, I think about if we're, if we're going to look at the institution of higher ed as an example, we do have other examples of uh, uh, pretend Indian claim or Indian claim that wasn't backed up with, say, like War Churchill um, and how the, the, the Union, you know, definitely held up in protecting the, the worker, which, is, you know, that's what they should do. Um, uh, but, the you know, there's other... It, uh, other things that were there that had them, um, you know, removed. So we can, we can use other examples as, as what happens there. So like, you know, like I think of uh, Iron Ice, Iron Ice Cody, you know, famous pretend Indian, uh, did like a plain thing, but then they end up marrying a Lakota family. And, you know, they, they start to be integrated into the community. You know, they already have a little bit, some sense of Indianness, even though it could be completely incorrect, but now they're with a the family and that everything changes. Their descendants, you know, uh, they're still Lakota, but they're also, you have ironized Cody there. So things, it, it, the things are changed as they move per generation. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold their descendants of ironized Cody with the Lakota family as not being Lakota, if they're either Lakota. Um, no, I'm, I'm not, uh, it's weird. But the, the, these these examples are played over and over in every every place that you know um, folks who have an Indian claim, attend Indian claim, whatever that is, and they put themselves into the community, they're getting something out of it in return. You know, there's automatically a sense of belonging. There's automatically um, you know connected with other other people, and you know uh, you know the cultural aspect, engagement, and events, and societies, whatnot are all, all, all things that are really enticing for folks who are so alienated from other people that, you know, their only engagement with some sense of community is their job yeah, as opposed to other things outside. You know. um, so I can see the, the, the enticing of that, but yeah, we can use these examples as what to, what to do next or how to make some remedies or some, you know, ways to move forward out of that. And, but they pose, you know, my 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 continued examination of that is looking at how do these keep changing, transforming into something else. And those uh, non-native folks, even if they don't have an Indian claim, you know, they feel comfortable in a community and they want to, that, that's enticing. And that's the human side of it, of wanting to connect with other folks. And I get that. Um, it, it just gets kind of weird in the relationships with the in, the Indian claim. Now, you know, that does a lot of heavy lifting to make that connection, but it, it's still uh, a violation of trust that happens there. And that, 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 you know, that causes a lot of damage or maybe I don't know if harm is the word, but you know, it just causes damages in relationships. 
I agree, you know, and I think it's fine to, for non-natives to understand or, you know, like know a lot of stuff about indigeneity or just native culture or languages, you know. And so some native people yeah. might disagree. Some native people are saying that, you know, non-natives shouldn't learn our languages, but that's just, that's their own opinion, you know. But I'll give you two examples. Yeah. You know, one example is that I, when I was, you know, in the army and I had a friend and he was Chinese and I would talk to him about, you know, Chinese stuff and I would relate because I was raised by Chinese parents, right? And uh, my yeah. stepdad's Chinese. And, uh, you know, and he, he one time he made a comment. I was He was like, you're more Chinese than I am. And I was like, stop. <laughs> I was like, I am not, you know, like I was like, I, I, I was raised around the people, you know, like I family, they are, but I'm not Chinese. I can't say that. Like, you know, it's, it's, you know, thank you for saying that, like, you know, I understand, you know, the culture and, you know, the community, but I, I, I you know, I, I can't, I don't think I, I felt, I didn't feel comfortable, you know, him saying that comment, you know, and I was like, um, you know, I, I understand where he was coming from, but not, it's not, wasn't something that I felt comfortable with. You know, and I yeah. think that's the thing that people need to realize is that, um, you know, you can't, you can't, there's, there's another comment somebody else said was, you know, this person's married to, you know, it was a white man married to a Comanche woman and he just, you know, love the, you know, dances during powwows and, you know, knows the languages, knows the ways, you know, and he was like, I'm more Comanche than most of these Comanches that don't know the ways. Like, how, how can you say that? Right. Like yeah. how, to me, it's like very arrogant ass comment, you know, like it's a very arrogant comment in my point of view. Like I understand that, you know, you know, you were raised, you know, in Oklahoma around native people and, you know, you married a Comanche. But are you you can't say that stuff, though. You can't you can't like, belittle Nate other Comanche because, you know, we obviously have like other issues to deal with, you know, econo economic stuff or you know educational stuff or, you know, within our communities, you know, capitalism, colonization that makes us disconnect from our own communities to, to survive but then you want to make asinine <laughs> snotty ass comments like that you know and, and to me that's a very problematic you know uh, to me to me indicates why do you want to compete you know um we don't we don't have to compete we can collaborate i understand you have knowledge about certain things and, you know that's great um knowledge you know um is important to share with a lot of folks and you know of course make corrections in it but why do you want to compete we don't have to compete. We don't, you know, we're, we all want our needs met. We all want our material conditions better. Why do we have to compete? It doesn't have to be that way. No, I agree with you. And that's the thing. It, it's like, um, it's, you know, it's like, it's not saying this person is a bad person. I, you know, like I know this person, I, I respect this person, but like, you know, comments like that, I was just like, it was kind of cringy, you know, and other Comanches heard that and they were like, yeah, don't, they were like, just ignore that person. You know, the person's really cringy. You know, make stupid comments like that, and I was like, "Yeah, man, like, yep. fuck it." You know, like, and we, we as native people, we have these discussions behind closed doors, just like I, I just told you, like, you know, the Comanches when that person's gone, like, they will, will you know, they'll, you know, be, they'll say stuff like that. They'll be like, "Hey, man, like, you know, ignore this person." You know, like, fucking, who gives a shit about what, what that person said about this? You know, and then the day this person is a white person, like, why the fuck are they saying that shit? You know, it's, it's weird shit. Like, we have these discussions. So, you know, like, I think, you know, Keeler just took these discussions 
on a public scale, right? As a journalist, yeah. you know, like we all had these discussions of like, you know, oh, that person, you know, is claiming to be Cherokee. And I've been dealing with this all my life, even not just not just from the U.S. sense, but a lot of it from the Mexican, the Mexican side, the Mexican indigeneity parts. There's a lot of fakers out there for that. And I, I really want to focus on that. But, you know, um, I think yeah. with the Keeler stuff, that sucked me into the U.S. side. And I was just like, what the fuck? And I think, you know, it showed me the problems we have, you know. And I think I spoke recently at NASA about Chicanismo. So I'm still focusing on, you know, indigeneity to the Mexico sense, yeah. you know. And I think, um, I think you know, that's a, the issue we're having is that, you know, we've always had, always had these conversations. Now it's coming public. And now that's coming public, and then there's like really twisted views of like, you know, people will bring up you know very vague subjects like sovereignty. You can't talk about this because it's tribal sovereignty, and it's just like, you know, yeah, yeah I understand tribals tribes have sovereignty, but unless they claim them, unless the community claims them, like I, we have the right to to you know like question these people, you know, in academia that are claiming indigeneity in Hollywood, you know, in politics. You know, they're making like policies, you know, and I'm not just like I, I saw a panel where, you know, Kim Tauber was on and she said, uh, you know, I'm not here to talk about, you know, I'm not talking. I'm not, even I said the same thing. I'm not here to talk about people that are reconnecting that I didn't know they're native can reconnect all you want, all, all, all you can, you know, but you have to let people that understand the issues that, you know, that have lived that life that, you know, let them be the in the forefront don't don't you know don't be the one speaking and then trying to make policy right where you don't understand and then you make you say asinine shit so i think uh you know it is you know when it comes to pretend indians i'm i'm personally not talking about people in state tribes or you know even some sometimes like unrecognized tribes because sometimes they're sometimes they're faker and sometimes they're not but i'm talking about people that, yeah. that have no community whatsoever in my point of view or you know and, and it's and it's and i talk about it through like a systemic thing within chicanismo in chicano academia you know and i think that's that's what i talk about but i think um you know people there's going to be back and forth and we need criticisms we need to analyze the situation we need to see this the systems where these conversations are happening right and other than that, like, you know, this is why also I don't have a Patreon. We talked about this, too. This is like the very end of our conversation. Why I don't have a Patreon was because I don't want people thinking I'm monetizing these conversations that I'm having, you know. And and I started this podcast for many reasons, but one of them was me having these conversations. You know, I was like, man, that was a really good conversation. I wish other people heard it. And then, you know, now it came to like, you know, I I was like, I'm gonna record them and then put them online. The end. I'm not asking people for money. And just like I, I spoke with you before the show, like a lot of the parts on my podcast, you know, equipment, they break, and I had to replace them. You know, so like I, I'm constantly buying stuff for it, and sometimes I have to like reschedule, you know, interviews or whatever. But the, you know, it, it's not easy. But at the same time, like I'm not trying to, you know, monetize podcasting like a like a lot of people are. You know, I'm not trying to like. Hey, you know, subscribe to me, and then you know you're gonna get you know the, 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 if you subscribe on my Patreon, you get this the, the first look. No, none of that shit. Like, here's the yeah. academic conversation we have. I'm gonna post them online. If you want to listen to them, good. If you don't, and fucking ignore it. That's it. You know. And I think, uh, and and then you brought up a topic or a a 
I think it was intellectual currency. Was it, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah intellectual capital, or um, you know, or even can be like a, a um, capital that all the things that the worker has, you know, a, a business with a contract you sign with the business takes all that. They get a lot more than what's in the job description itself, and so this can be ex extended onto you know. Uh, writing books, films, arts, arts and letters, have that, all this intellectual capital. If we're drawing upon or using information from indigenous uh, ways of knowing, you know, that, that's one way to see how we're um, implementing this in the overall conversation that's happening with the dominant culture. Um, so that, that's where, like, the, you know, if the, if the arts and the American Indian Arts and Crafts um, Act is going to look at... Uh, products or look at truth and advertising um the intellectual capital is part of that as well and that's also viable so i, I think about you know the, the my my grounding is when you look at institutions if you look at what the product is here in the u.s colonial project um most vilified folks are uh african-americans and american indians and and if then the metric is um when you have an Indian, whatever it is, uh, if they're enrolled and if they recognize tribe, not that that says something, but the, the metric that's real, that's there, um, they, places would rather hire someone who's native from elsewhere than have that person. And if they do hire them, that's very rare. Um, same thing with African-American folks is like rather hire uh, other African folks outside of this, the United States to fulfill the representational um, politics that are happening there than African-Americans here. Because when we think about our, our workers and we think about the reserve army of labor, there has to be a surplus labor there within the capitalist system to continue to drive down wages, you know, and that continue. And for native folks, um, you know, we're constantly, our resources are always um, colonized or continue to be colonized or extracted. And that would be not only land itself, uh, but also our, our, our epistemologies. So our ways of knowing are always mined for profit. And that, that and if, and even within natives, those are building those social relationships or even if one is putting labor relationships, um, that we, we, we start to damage our relationships when we do things that we're not supposed to be doing in terms of, you know, taking things that we're not supposed to talk about. So I, you know, for me, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't take, I don't take spiritual stuff from Lakota and put it out there, write about it or whatnot. Cause you know, that, that's, a, to me, that's important uh, of how folks see themselves, build themselves in the world around them and, you know, have that relationship to the, to, to other, uh, other things human and non-human things um, um, around them. So I don't, personally, I don't, I don't do that. Um, when that does happen, it becomes an interesting point of like, to what side people would choose. They, it's already built into the settler ontology that we have all taken on, that most likely you're gonna go against the native folks who are protesting whatever that is. And you see that replicating over and over and over. Um, and, with native issues so that, that that that's an interesting side about looking at these social cultural or even intellectual capital um even that we turn them into the, the word of capital um within the capitalist society that's what it is but um i always watch for those things and which line that people decide to side with and uphold 
the colonial structure or even counterfeit. Um, uh, those are interesting points to look at. Yeah, I, you know, I, I agree. It's, I think we have to, this is tough because like, you know, we have to, we're, as Native people, we're always analyzing, you know, um, colonization, you know, and people around us and trying to move forward and survive at the same time, you know, and yep. it's, it's hard. It's hard sometimes, you know, and, and it's, but it's work that has to be done. And I think, you know, when some people muddy, muddy the waters and, you know, they, 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 you know, they say things that's incorrect or, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, say they have bad intentions, but what, you know, like I said before, sometimes that is it's good intentions, but they do a bad job at it or they just, or maybe the intentions, intentions bad. I don't know, you know, but you know, it's, it's hard. And I hope people understand this, <laughs> this episode and it's really good. I had a good time. Um, do you want to tell people how to follow you or where to follow you, your work? Yeah. Yeah. I would, um, yeah. On, on Twitter, I keep it open for folks to follow um, or even just uh, lurk. That's fine. Um, uh, at Larry Drake, you know, that was like my, uh, uh, joke, uh, band uh, not really a joke band but more like a project i was working on and now it just became like the thing to just just row to um and yeah uh welcome to follow there i keep the other uh, facebook and instagram kind of locked down uh, but definitely the twitter do that there you know um uh if folks also want to follow the opposition or folks who who have blocked me that's that's fine because this is a little this is all conversation that happened and i i would even open that up to other folks who are or who are um now that i've been put on this list and have guilty by association by these other cities including this podcast uh to yeah welcome to if you want to chat uh, we could do that of course not online that's not ideal because you know things you get a lot of trolls coming in and all that but more podcasts or if you want to do that we can try to work it out wiki leads if you want to or wiki letters if you want to do long form and work that out because this is ongoing stuff that's really to me really interesting because there's i would i can imagine putting together a curriculum like a 16-week course on looking at the pretending issue and what that may mean because it also goes into a sense of how do we how do we make existence happen for us but then this colonial project itself what that may mean may mean here in the imperial core and how people make their positions or how principled people are in upholding whatever it is that they need to uh, better the material conditions. That's a really important conversation to have to what, to what, to what way they enter into the dialogue is really important at what uh, understanding they take into it is really interesting because those are also points for me where I can see if I can better my argument um, and that, and they can also come along with that. That's part of the process of learning together and also giving back. And I'm fine with uh, talking with folks. I'm not going to monetize what I'm doing. It definitely, if places are, you know, looking to pay, I'll take that because, you know, I'm, I'm aware whatever I do with all the work I stop, all the information and gathering research I do, that, that that's also true because we're, you know, we got to gotta pay the bills, got to make sure everything's there. Um, I understand that as well. So, you know, I, I think hopefully I had within this conversation an understanding of what this may mean in, in terms of uh, uh, economics, in terms of uh, workers' rights, in terms of uh, social relations. These all play a role in, you know, if, if eventually we're going to go towards communism, you know, stateless, classless uh, uh, society, you know, 
moneyless society, you know, we're not there yet. But if we're working towards that, we have different objectives that we can um, align with. And usually that's like workers of the world unite. It's usually like looking at internationalism, what that may mean for the colonial projects and building that solidarity and the same kind of class struggle that happens with that. So um, I'm always interested in those points and, you know, interrogating the, the, little, the little spots where I don't know what that is. I want to know what that is. And that's my continued drive to continue to engage in this work because it's always this um, unraveling, this, this uh, investigation into what things, these things mean to people. Is all based around value systems that everyone has different value systems that validate or validate the object that they're 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 holding prized or not holding prized. You know, looking thinking of uh, positive dialect or negative dialectics or even just whatever whatever the dialectics are in trying to make sense of the world around us. But this is yeah, this is a great podcast and um, yeah, thank you for having me on here. Thank you for coming on, and you know, I hope maybe we can have you again. Uh, please don't hang up because I have, you know, got to get information from you first. Thank you.